All right, good night. Hello, good evening. It's 8.30 on a Saturday night. And uh, it's time to walk the bud a little bit later, but uh, it's been a busy day. So, bud, I haven't even... Normally I wait a few minutes or about another minute before I start the podcast, but I'm putting on the harness. Bud's harness is going on. And it's only 96 degrees, folks. Like 10 degrees cooler, like instead of 106. 96 feels pretty good. So it's starting to cool off in the desert. And uh, uh, the I think I'll probably I'm leaning towards naming this episode "Once in a Lifetime" after the song. From the Talking Heads, David Byrne, Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime. Pretty good song. And in general, most of his music um, is very philosophical, deep, interesting character. Interesting guy. And when I came out to Arizona in 1986 for a visit with my friend, we went to the movie Stop Making Sense. Great movie. And anyways, that's that's the era of uh, some of my podcast listeners are probably weren't even born in 1986. <laughs> but there you go. There you go. So today I washed cars and I haven't washed cars in a long time because we don't really need to or it's the monsoon season. So there's no point in washing because then it rains and gets dirty. So. I uh, listened to Michael Savage, and uh, he's, I highly recommend his podcast, Michael Savage. Now, he's definitely politically oriented, but, uh, and, I, and I've taken a break from him, really, to be honest. I don't listen to him that frequently, but, you know, I'm, I'm washing the cars today, so that's what I do when I either change the oil or uh, wash the car, do some routine listen to a podcast right and uh so you have a companion and and savage is uh he's kind of like my style a bit you know he's he mixes it up he doesn't like to do politics all the time and you know he's uh he has some funny uh voices and things he does like democrats republicans democrats republicans you know like he's uh he just doesn't want to do that. He's on talk radio, so he's a cross-syndicated guy across the country. But um, in the modern times, it's all about podcasting, really. So the whole industry is changing, and he's kind of in there, but he's like 76 or 77 years old. Pretty funny guy, really, from uh, immigrant son from Russian Jew in New York. Now he lives in San Francisco, so he... He's uh, he's very funny, and maybe I'll send him the link to this because he lo- he loves his dog. He's got a dog named Teddy, and uh, this podcast is dedicated to Buddy, the uh, Arizona Schnoodle, the Schnoods. Bud, Bud's having a good time, right? Buddy, loving this podcast. Bud loves the podcast. I'm telling you, I have at least one fan of the podcast who just he doesn't miss any podcast, but. <laughs> But, but he hasn't missed a single a podcast. (laughs) 
So this is even better than Michael Savage because I know Michael loves his dog Teddy, but I'm sure Teddy's missed some of his podcasts or his broadcasts. But I can tell you, I can guarantee you, out of the 30-plus podcast episodes that I have done, Buddy has not missed a single one. He's, he's, uh, he's the central feature of the podcast, the uh, Arizona schnoodle. So uh, what else? So once in a lifetime, talking heads, doing the cars, listening to podcasts, um, savage, insightful, has good things to say. Um, smart guy, of course, you know, and uh, just interesting to listen to. And, uh, you know, he, he's uh, done a great thing. And uh, so he's a New Yorker. I'm a Chicago suburban guy. Not, we don't really have much in common, just big cities. But New York is more interesting than, than the Chicago, Chicago suburbs. But it is what it is. And so we, he has his New York russian jewish accent i've got my midwest dulcet tones i don't know where it came from but i got i got some dulcet tones for you uh listeners and uh that's important for podcasts you could it should be easy listening and i got some feedback from a podcast listener that said it's very conversational and uh probably because i'm talking to my dog <laughs> So Bud is just, you know, giving me, Bud gives me like a lot of good feedback with his body language, you know. Um, well, that's actually a lie. So anyway, so we're out here in the dark. This is, uh, this is the new thing. Savage in 1994, when he started his podcast, he said he's 25 years in it. Um, he didn't have the uh, technology like we do now. Amazing. You know, so I'm outside walking in the, 8.30s, Arizona desert, Sonoran desert, maybe they call it. That sounds kind of hip, right? The Sonoran desert. It's all about the words. It's all about the tones. It's all about the dulcet tones. Sonoran desert. And it's just the desert, as far as I'm concerned. It's hot, even at 96. It's not too bad. So we're cooling off August 11th. So uh, we're getting there. And it'll be September, and it'll be wonderful. One of these times, I'll be surprised. It'll be 85 degrees, and I'll be walking Bud, and it'll be like, ah, wow, this is wonderful. And so there's that. And so other other key things are Oma, O-M-A, which is German for grandmother. And Oma has been awesome all week, and today's Saturday, so... Oma headed home to get a break because she, she, uh, she can't stop. She's so funny, this German heritage and uh, Sauberkeit. That's like cleanliness. She's got, everything's clean. So she went through and had a little brush and was cleaning baseboards. You know, like the, the baseboards around the, the, the house that collect dust on the top, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Oma's a, Oma at uh, 78 is on her knees cleaning off the, uh, the baseboards. Is that amazing? Yeah, she's funny. So she's home. She, she's off. Come back Tuesday. Comes back Tuesday. And we really need her right now because, uh, you know, my wife is in 
the cancer treatment. She's got uh, two, two chemo treatments down, two more to go, getting some scans and checking it out. And uh, yeah, she's doing fairly well. And we, you know, I was a little bit scared. I'm avoiding predicting what's going to happen, right? So I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. My wife, and so we don't talk about it, right? So it's kind of like, or it's a reminder of living in the moment, right? So it's August 11th. It's 8:45, and I just don't know what's going to happen. She's fine right now. My wife's breathing she's you know probably in some pain from chemo it's not pleasant but you got to go through it to kill all the cancer and then we see what happens after that so it's it's really is literally a one day at a time thing and we all just deal with our stuff you know and that's whatever you got going on in your life everybody you know we all focus in on ourselves and what the hell is going on with ourselves and uh, I, I still like that we get these if we're blessed we'll have a what do they call it again a sacred wound I love that concept the sacred wound that wakes you up that that uh, a pain in your life a tragedy something extremely what you don't want to happen and a painful emotional experience that kind of kind of wakes you up so we avoid them right we're trying to avoid we do we do everything we can to avoid that but uh, it sounds strange but in some ways we're fortunate if we have that sacred wound to uh, open our open our eyes up to being more compassionate more loving people and uh so that's that's uh not a bad thing so i haven't googled sacred wound yet but uh i bet it, there's a whole wikipedia entry talking about the sacred wound but it's essentially you know in some ways it's kind of like looking at instead of complaining about all the crap in our lives and all the disappointments and you know maybe our underachievements or we we think we have a goal and we set a goal pretty high and we don't make it you know instead of like being bitter and upset about it we just accept it as a sacred wound and move on and uh, I don't like the you can either get bitter or get better concept that that's kind of like a, a phrase that's kind of crap and oh I do as I was washing the cars today I thought this would be a great topic for the uh, podcast and it's, it fits in line with the uh, something else I talked about previously. But I, I'm on this kick of like, I, I want, we all need to be confident in our lives and whatever we're doing. And we're not always confident, right? So it's kind of hard to live because there's always people wanting to put you down and things like that, right? So I think most of, the, most of us have heard this expression well, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, you know. And the implication is kind of like, well, if you really think you're so damn smart, then you shouldn't be in this group of people or you shouldn't be here. You know, you need to go 
somewhere where you can learn from somebody. And it sounds all great and we all nod our heads and go, oh yeah, that's so funny. Then, here's my twist on it, which is, I think is so awesome. And my thought is, if you're not the smartest person in the room, then you need to work on yourself and figure out what it is that you're smart in. See, see this, 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 this concept that being smart, you know, are you the smartest person in the room? Smart being a, I don't know if it's unidirectional or one, one metric measurement. See, I think we all have smartness in different areas, right? So, so if you're in a room, you know, there is no measure of who the smartest person is in the room. But you should be the smartest person about a certain subject in the room, right? So this is where my idea or concept is that we have to, I don't know, but I, I call it elevate everyone. It's the love everyone always. It's the belief that God has gifted people. We have soul and spirit and mind. And we gravitate towards something and hopefully we're building into ourselves some kind of smartness that somebody else probably doesn't have, a skill, a gift that we can share with others, that we can guide. And it also goes along the line with coaching. So I just, I'm, I'm starting to run again and trying to get in shape. And I noticed like, well, why not? I know I, I'm so damn cheap that I don't want to pay for anything. But essentially, even if I can, just a little bit of coaching I get here and there, and some, some of the coaching I get is really cheap. And maybe it's not one-on-one -on -one coaching, but group group coaching. Like I, I, I belong to this uh, work a daily thing on careers and jobs, and it's nine bucks a month. So that's not very much, nine bucks a month. It's less than Netflix. And I probably use it, have used it much more than Netflix. So nine bucks a month, I get a, a uh, coaching on career thing so that's a good thing and uh, so where am I going with the coaching so then today I, I want to start running and I saw this guy's got like a 30-day challenge free like runner guide like getting your running back in shape you know, you know hip flexors and all the things that, to do with running and I, I I'm a hack runner I'm a hack everything right because I don't have any coaching so right now I'm getting free runner coaching from this guy, videos, and you know, I'm also doing lifting at the gym and things like that. And it's not that I'm gonna, I ever intend to win the New York City Marathon, but I wanna get better, run healthier, and less injury is my thing. And the one thing about, I've ran four marathons and there's age groups and there's statistics and what's kind of cool is there's like, you can go to like San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon and do that. And there'll be like 15,000 people doing it. So then you can look at your age group and say like, well, people between the ages, when I did it was like 45 to 50 or something. And I'm like, well, there's a thousand 45 year old males and uh, I was like number 800, right? So 200 people finished 
slower than me and 800 people were faster than me, right? So that's just some feedback on where I'm at. So I'm kind of a hack runner and I get injured, my knees suck because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, you think running is, you know, this is my mentality. You know, running, you just go out, start running, you know, but there's more, a little more to it than that. And, and I never really built any muscles or stretched properly and those kind of things. So I'm starting to pay attention. But I do remember what was kind of cool when I was 45 and I did my first marathon. I was like, shit, I'm getting beat by guys that are 65 years old. That's, they're 20 years ahead of me now. Maybe when they were um, 45, they were really smoking it too and they got slower. But still, they only got slower by a little bit and still kicked my butt. But anyways, it doesn't matter. The cool thing about running marathons is like, number first thing is you got to finish. And it doesn't really matter what time you finish in. And what that tells you is you're basically running against yourself, right? And you're competing with yourself. And some sports are like that, like golf. You do sort of compete against the people you golf with, but if you're really serious about it, I would think you would just compete against yourself and you'd play a course like 10 times and you'd hope that you would get better over those 10 times and you kind of measure yourself against that. So that's, I don't know why I'm, I'm so drifting on stuff, but that's the um, coaching concept. And I, I saw this guy, um, uh, video from a guy on the internet who's, who's teaching um, business marketing and things on the internet. Pretty interesting stuff. And he, he's very successful, right? And, but he's kind of cool about it. He's not like prom, it doesn't promise people like, hey man, you follow me and I'll make you a gazillionaire, right? But he, do, he, does, he did say something like he spends like over $200,000. I think it was $242,000 to be exact because that's just the kind of guy I am. I remember shit like that. So $242,000 on coaching and, and uh, training. So the one example he gave was physical um, fitness and training. So he, he showed like that was an important thing to him. And physical, getting your body in shape is important. And I don't know, he probably doesn't have to spend that much um, to get good physical therapy, personal trainer, but you know maybe he spends ten thousand. But that that means he's spending two hundred thousand dollars on other stuff. Maybe like how to do good videos, how to do public speaking, how to you know do this and that, how to have a personal life like this. So the the weird thing is is like he's been able to make a pretty big successful um, business businesses but then he invests back in himself right so very few of us are going to be that successful that we can spend two hundred forty thousand dollars on ourselves but maybe we can spend two to three thousand or five thousand or whatever it is invest in training and invest in yourself and do that and i invest in buddy my dog i'm some buds walking here so Buddy's an investment, we gotta get him food. But look, you know, he's teaching me how to do podcasting.
<laughs> Bud's teaching me how to do podcasting. Maybe. I don't know. Some some people on the podcast world say this, they, there's probably a formula that I don't care about, you know? Because this is, this is freestyling, baby. This is totally unprepared freestyling. So, smartest person in the room. Um, I related that back to how people make fun of uh, this, this survey that they did with high school students. So the common use of this story is to get a chuckle out of the audience because they say like, well, 80% of high school students think that they're an above average student. So, ha, 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 ha. How can 80% think that they're above average? Ha, 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 ha. And I actually think it's a good thing, and I think it should be 100% of the students think they're above average. Because what does average mean, folks? It's a stupid question. It's like most poll questions. Poll questions can be extremely stupid. So you ask a high school student that's in band, marching band, and maybe their first chair in clarinet, but maybe their grade point average sucks, but they're still an above average student because they love music and their first chair in umpty squat music. And they should be proud, confident, and love the fact that they are awesome at music. And that's what sucks about these people that love to talk about the, I think it's the, was it the Dunn-Kruger effect thing or something? I think that's what they call it. But the, the, it just takes all the individuality out of it. And there's so much groupthink or grouping of people. I just, ah, uh, just notice it. It takes a while. If you just switch your brain on and listen to some political talk even, and look who's grouping people. You know, like if somebody says, well, the liberal Democrats, which, well, who are those people? There's no, I mean, people are people. They, they tend to vote a certain way, but does that make them a liberal Democrat? I don't know. It's just, we all do this grouping, not all. I'm trying to do less of it. I'm trying to deal with individuals, deal with people as they are. And that's what's kind of cool about like running and this guy doing this free 30-day coaching thing. So I'll try some of his stretches and this and that, you know, and, and it's nice. He's giving it away for free. It's a Gary Vanderchuk concept, you know. Give some stuff away for free and then, you know, you'll get your hyper-responsive. That's another another concept the hyper responsives people that resonate to respond to your message right so then then those are the people you want to better service and of course sell them something oh like selling something is so evil but this is where it gets into the coaching thing right so most of us, if you don't have like a lot of, what do they call that, disposable income, well, then you're not going to go get coaching because you're going to be like, I can't afford to pay for coaching. But the, if you do have, like I, I'll go to the gym, go exercise. Some dude that has been doing lifting in the gym for like 10,000 hours, referring to like a Malcolm Gladwell type book you know if you do something for 10,000 hours you get good at it so so then that 10,000 hour dude 
can teach, coach, whatever you want to call it, a newbie and get him started on the path. And there's, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. And it also goes along with the economics. I mean, these, these Bernie Sanders types, they, they just want, like, income equality, which is such... When you, you step back for a minute and think about how stupid that is, what, is, what does it mean, you know? I, again, I mean, when you're 16 to 20 or whatever, you work part-time jobs, you work at a grocery store, you get paid an hourly wage, and you go to college, and then you do this, or you do something else. You, there's a progression, folks. Build more skills, gain more knowledge, be more valuable, add more value, then you get paid more, okay? But you don't sit back and say, yeah, we're all equal, so to speak, but we're not equal. We have different skills, which I, I might as well bring up the Aaron Rodgers things now. So Aaron Rodgers pisses me off, okay? So for those of you who don't know, I love the Green Bay Packers. They, they really are a great team. And... As far as I'm concerned, they might as well not even sign Aaron Rodgers to another contract because he's too stupid. And it sounds terrible because, you know, Green Bay Packer fans, especially the newbies, the ones that are, you know, <laughs> they think Aaron Rodgers is God or something, right? He's a damn good quarterback, and I wish him well, and I want him to do well as long as he's playing, right? But this week he came out and he said something about the kneeling on the national anthem. Like, he wants people to ignore Trump, right? And, you know, people don't get it. He said something stupid about, like, this. it's never been about the anthem, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not about the flag. It's not about the troops, blah, blah, blah. Well, since you have to explain it, dude, then we don't know what it's about. We think we think we know, but we do not know because it's just a stupid protest. You know, and some people say it's about Black Lives Matter and cop white cops killing black people, and we just don't know what it's about. And today there's a Candace, real Candace Owen, great woman. Oh, wait. I'm praising a woman. I must not be a misogynist. Holy cow. And she's black. Candace Owens is black. Oh. So, really, folks, unless if you're not a racist and misogynist, you should really listen to real Candace Owen, and she will probably shock you that she's not in support of this kneeling at the NFL games or most of this social justice crap that's being spewed and and spread around and of course the more fun gals are the the um, diamond and silk you can find them on twitter at diamond and silk and they're awesome two black chicks i love black people i love black women that's my jerry my fucking guire quote okay i love black women Right, bud? Do we love black women? So there you go. So, so Rogers, the QB, is sitting in his locker room or whatever after practice, 
and commenting about the anthem and kneeling and he doesn't like Trump apparently or whatever. But that's a political thing, dude. So what I finally figured out this week is that we I last year I thought we'll just stop playing the stupid national anthem then. If these clowns can't respect our country and what we re, what we represent, then just stop playing it at a sporting event. We just don't really need it. Okay? So what's happened in the last 12 months? Well, I haven't really thought about it for 12 months or a long time because we haven't had NFL games. But now they're back. So now I'm thinking about, well, what, what is the national anthem? What are we doing? Right? Well, we pause and we stand and we're thankful that we live in a free country. And I'm, I'm thinking we, we probably take it for freaking granted that we do. And part of this is stemmed from this UK, Irish and UK Packers organization that I kind of enjoy. But they're a bunch of UK English people that think they know what's best for the United States, which is like, again, an oxymoron. How could those fuckers, I'm sorry, who we fucking kicked their ass in 1776 and beyond, what the fuck do we care what the UK thinks? <laughs> I mean, they're nice people and everything, and they do talk like this, which we sometimes find interesting and cute, but it's just a load of bollocks, as we say. You know, and so we're supposed to think that they're like frickin' geniuses of, of all things wise and true? Bullshit, you know? So I got these Packer fans who, the one guy who I may have to remind him of this, the only reason he's a Packer fan is because there was, he, he got this little John Madden video game. <laughs> and, and I mean, to me, like this has got to be the ultimate week reason to be a fan of any football team. He got a video game and on the cover was a Green Bay Packer. So out of all the 32 teams, he decided he would be a Green Bay Packer fan simply because a Green Bay Packer was on the cover of a video game. Now, I never complain about that. I never give him a hard time about that. But if he keeps pushing my fucking buttons about how, how bad Trump is and how bad, you know, or how great Aaron Rodgers' statements are, I may have to shove that up his ass. So this is an R- R-rated podcast, by the way. So, yeah, uh, we'll have to remind him of that. Anyway, so where are we at? So Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback highly skilled, puts a hell of a lot of effort into it. Definitely a freaking outlier. Now, if ever there was an example of outliers, it's an NFL quarterback. There's 32 of them. That's it. They start every game. 32. And probably only 5 to 10 are elite status. That's it. I mean, and every team has a backup. So there's probably 100 NFL quarterbacks but only five are like freaking outstanding outliers out on the edge. And he's one of them. 
but that does not make him a political freaking genius, okay? You know, but that's what happens. It goes through their head. They think like, well, I'm, I'm about to sign a $30 million a year contract, and I could give a crap, Aaron Rodgers, honestly. And, and maybe it's my older age, dude, but, you know, you can be a cocky mofo and think you're, like, shit hot and you're dating Danica Patrick or something, washed-up car driver, and, uh, you know, fine, you know? I'm, you're starting to wear your welcome out on me, dude. And uh, I used to defend the hell out of you, but you start entering into politics and start messing with, with that, and you just, you're just showing your ignorance and your stupidity. So, as far as I'm concerned, we can trade you to the Chicago Bears, of all things, you know? Go to my freaking enemy, the Chicago Bears. You fit in well with Obama's Bears anyway. Frickin' liberals down there, Democrats. So, what, what is the point of Aaron Rodgers, anyway? So, I'm just... I'm just sharing, saying, like, it's not win at all costs. He's, he's the best chance for Green Bay. And maybe they'll win the Super Bowl this way, year and I'll be happy. But I'm not happy with his statements. He, he's just a prima donna football player that thinks he can say what he, he can say what he wants. But hopefully he'll pay a price for it. I, I'm going to probably write the uh, general manager of the Green Bay Packers and ask him to have Aaron uh, retract his dumb statements and apologize for getting political. And I'll ask the general managers to say if he doesn't do that, his contract offer will go down by $2 million a year because he's, he's um, hurting the Green Bay Packer image, which is got a hundred year history this is the hundredth season and we had some colorful colorful people and great people like Bart Starr Brett Favre they're not they're flawed people they're not perfect but they weren't political and hell Vince Lombardi was like dude you know it's God uh, family and then the Green Bay Packers and as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Rodgers is putting politics above the Green Bay Packers. So he, he can have that shoved up his ass for two million bucks a year. He'll, get, he'll whine and complain about it, and he can go to the San Diego Chargers for all I'm concerned. But screw that guy. We, I, this is a 100-year-old franchise, and it's 2018, so screw Aaron Rodgers. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. It really hurts me. But the dude needs to get his head on straight. He's a football player. He's he's excels. He's an outlier in a system that is defined. You know, it's a hundred-yard field. It's four-down territory. The clock goes for thirty seconds. There's all these rules, right? So he he plays on a field with defined rules, and politics is not like that. It's, it's wide open. You, you got to be smart, dude. You can't, you can't just like think that because you've mastered a game that you all of a sudden are 
master of the universe. No, you're an outlier in football. That's it. It's called football, and you have a lifespan of maybe 20 years if you're lucky. So humble up, dude. That's, that's what I would say to Aaron Rodgers. Rogers, humble up, okay? Stick to football. That's your outlier business. So, yeah, I'm pissed off at that dude, too. But I'll quietly cheer for him to beat the Bears on opening night. And really, he's, he's putting the team at risk. And I know the Bears would probably not be smart enough to do this. But if I was the Chicago Bears, opening night, I'd tell the whole team to kneel during the national anthem. Just the whole team, Chicago Bears, look over at the Green Bay Packers, take a knee during the anthem. You're playing on the road. You're in Green Bay. You're more than likely not going to win the game anyway, but you need a psychological edge. So you take a knee. And then what you do is you just start smack talking the hell out of Rodgers. You get up to the line of scrimmage and you say, hey, Rodgers, I heard what you said about taking a knee and you're all for it. But hey, wussy, you didn't take a knee. What the hell is wrong with you, pal? Just because you're in your home stadium? Too afraid to take a knee? Too afraid to stick up for the brothers? Huh? Huh? All talk, baby. No action. And sack that motherfucker, excuse me, and lose the, the Packers lose the game. It would hurt me. It would hurt me. But I would love to see the Bears do that to Rodgers and just shove it up his butt. And I, that... I can't believe I'm saying this because I love the Packers so much. But he, he's gone over the line, man. Rodgers has gone over the line. You don't get political, baby. You're an NFL football player. There's no place for that. Oh, wait. No, wait. You can be a celebrity like Kanye West. Then, oh, then it's okay because he's supporting Trump. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute, I guess I am, I am jaded. So as long as you're Kanye West, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, Dak supports standing for the anthem. Jim Brown, Hall of Famer, he supports, he supports standing for the anthem. And I support standing for the anthem. And Roger should support standing for the anthem. This whole kneeling thing makes no sense at all because, I don't know if I talked about this, but because of all my emotional excitement. But here's the, here's the whole, here's how you solve the whole kneeling for the anthem thing. Someone's got to educate these people and say, look, the national anthem is a celebration of the freedom we have in this country. We fought for the English, we got our independence. We don't have a king. We are the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's, those are the last words of the anthem. And if you can't stand up for three minutes a week during the season and put whatever selfish concerns you have aside for three minutes 
out of a 10,000 80-minute week, okay? So every week has 10,000 80 minutes in it. That's 168 hours times 60. So, howdy. So you gotta put it aside for three minutes. Play your game for three hours, which is another 180 minutes. So you still have over 9,000 minutes. You have 90% of your week to protest like mad against whatever the hell you want. But you wouldn't have that freedom to protest unless you lived in the U.S. of A. And we have the freedom of speech. So you can't use the freedom of speech to denounce the reason that you have the freedom of speech. That makes no logical sense, Dr. Spock. So we need to pull out the Star Trek angle. It is not logical to kneel during the national anthem. So, don't know how you, the listener, and I don't care, this is my verbalizing. All these podcasts are for my benefit. If you find value in them, great. This podcast will go on for about another three minutes as I'm walking the dog back to our house. And uh, yeah, I've been pretty fired up about my buddy, or not my buddy, but my uh, football excitement, Aaron Rodgers, who had his body slammed last year, broke his collarbone and missed most of the season. So I kind of sucked. So he needs to do something better, come back strong. So it should be an interesting season, opening night against the Bears, then the Vikes, then eventually they're gonna play the Patriots. So Aaron Rodgers is gonna to have to put up this year or shut up with his kneeling crap. And he really should shut up with his kneeling crap right now. And he probably should apologize to everybody for even getting political and putting politics above God, family, and the Green Bay Packers. That's what Vince would tell him. In fact, Vince would probably cut him right now. <laughs> Vince Lombardi would probably just, I know times have changed, right? It's not 1965 anymore. But Vince Lombardi, he's the head of the Green Bay Packers, not Aaron Rodgers. So there you go. I guess you got to deal with prima donnas. But I did tweet out some stuff, and I haven't really gotten any interesting um, comments. I, uh, in, in the best way possible, I tweeted out the national anthem is our celebration of the freedom to protest. So it's an oxymoron to protest 
the vehicle that allows us to protest, right? So I think the podcast listeners for Buddy's schnoodle walks will understand the logic behind you don't protest the reason that you can protest because you can always live, live in Russia, DDR, North Korea, some other frickin' country that wouldn't let you protest anyway. So be thankful that you do live in these United States of America. So, yes, we have the freedom to be stupid. And we love, I love Aaron Rodgers, even though he disappoints me. And in this case, he's being a twit and he's not very smart. All right, enough said. Once in a lifetime podcast with, uh, what do we got? We got once in a lifetime podcast with once in a lifetime politics. Everybody have a great night. Bye-bye.